Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Hello, Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. ProWrestlingSheet.com What's up guys, Ryan Satin here with ProWrestlingSheet.com Normally we do these recap shows with my co-host, actually my, the host, I'm the co-host, normally the host is John Roca. John Roca's sick today, uh, I guess he 
had to go to the ER and, and all that kind of fun yeah, stuff. Oh, I thought he had that that whole. Oh, I'm feeling sick right before Thanksgiving week holiday. No, <laughs> I don't think it's that because he actually he was supposed to. But but Jamie Iovine is here in his place. Sorry, before I get into that, yeah, Jamie Iovine's here for one of the recap shows. I'm glad we got you here to do one of these. I know this is something you've been kind of wanting to do, where you don't have to talk yeah. about the news, where you can just talk about your opinions. Yeah, because on I, wrestling. Do, I do. Ha- I do find myself occasionally trying to focus on one specific part of a show, but we have to move on or talk about a specific news topic. Yeah. So this will be fun. Yeah. A fun change of pace, if you will. Uh, and no, Roka, I don't think it was that kind of sickness. Uh, R- Roka was supposed to come to Survivor Series with That's me. That's right. Your dad and Yeah, and he got sick. He called me and was like, I'm so sorry. I'm sick. And then apparently he tried to come into the office yesterday, and they were like, go home. You're sick. And he's not coming in today. Uh, uh, I found out when I got in this morning, though. So I called up Jamie. Jamie is here. And I'll be honest with you, Jamie. I am also run down. Uh, well, like, you had to go to uh, – I mean, did you go last night to yeah, Raw? So yeah. Are you I, going tonight to SmackDown? I finally tapped out. I I'm, I'm, I haven't gotten confirmation yet, but I've been trying to transfer the tickets to, to Kevin's name. I texted him this morning like, I am so tired, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't make it. I, I mean, like, yo, you know, <laughs> this is like the best problems to have. I know, so I shouldn't be like complaining here. But, I mean, I'm like someone who doesn't go out a lot. You know that. I lo- I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a hermit. I love staying home. I'm sit and watch TV kind of guy. So, Well, uh, I mean, to be fair, you've already had almost eight hours of wrestling programming. I think more than that, no. Yeah, way more than that, right? Well, two hours of. Yeah, two hours of takeover. Three hours of Survivor Series, then three four hours. hours of Survivor Series. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then three than hours that, yeah. of Raw, and then three hours of the Joey Janela's LA Confidential. Yeah, well, I didn't count that because that's not WWE program. No, no, but it's still. I went Friday night to yeah. that show, and, and man, I, the, the thing is, is, like, I'll go to these shows because I want a, I want to go, and yeah. b, I want to cover them. But, like, a lot of things happened at all these shows. Yeah. So then I had to, like, come home and write more stuff on it. So, I mean, the Arquette thing, I didn't expect it to blow up as much as it did. I didn't expect it to get as violent as it did. I mean, that match was crazy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much we were able to – I mean, are, are, yeah, we we're going to talk about it. But I I wasn't there. I, 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 I paid for it. I watched it at home. Um I mean, when I first saw, I mean, I knew that it was a replacement match. Obviously, it was a replacement. Um, that wasn't the original match. What was the original? Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan. That's right. Yeah, and Joey got hurt. A lot of Joey's going down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> that that shirt is a funny shirt. Did you see that the one? The injured Joey's yeah, one. Yeah, I like that. But um, I just was like Nick Gage. I don't know much about this guy, but I do. From what I do know. We're never going to see him in NXT. I highly no, doubt that. No, definitely and, not. And I don't think he cares. You no, know? definitely not. And, uh, he's a fat former felon. He's like a, he actually went to prison and stuff. Yeah, he's not. So, he's not. Yeah, he's not expecting to go to, to NXT me, anytime soon. Even though. And I know a lot of CZW and like a lot of indie fans are going to ream me for this if I get this wrong. But I feel like he's the new. Um, What's the name of that guy who ran, who used to be like the CZW dude and like he did that spot with Joey – I mean Joey Janela where they fell off the roof. Zandig? Zandig. Yes. I feel like since Zandig doesn't really compete as much anymore, I feel like he's like a new – era. even though Zandig had some running power, I don't – I think in terms of just that guy who you know is never going to be in the mainstream is just that deathmatch guy. You know, Gage is that guy now. Well, and yeah. I, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I, if you had asked me a year ago or even – Two or three years ago, if I ever would have probably written, if I thought that I was ever going to write a story on the side about Nick Gage, probably would have said no. Um, if I, if if you'd asked if I ever thought I would see the name Nick Gage on TMZ, I would say a hundred percent no. So uh, yeah, I mean, yeah it was a weird I... situation that 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 Nick Gage kind of like got 
thrust into the spotlight here because of David Arquette. And the first time I ever even heard of him was when I saw him at Joe Giles Lost in New York. And I was because everybody I kind of already knew, you know, that everybody on that card when I saw it, like I, I even if I wasn't too familiar with them, I knew. I mean, the only other new uh, was the Gringo Loco guy. I never heard of him before, and that was the first time I'd seen him. And Nick Gage, even then, I was like, because I don't, I didn't know he was that death match guy because I don't even think that was a death match when they when he was at Joe Janelle Lost mm-hmm. in New York, and I was I was like. This guy looks like, you know, he he's got a just incredible vibe, you know, okay. he, in terms of his aesthetic, you know, the way he wrestles, in terms of the way he looks and wrestles, he's got a just incredible vibe, but he's he seems older, so he's definitely not an up and comer, and then but just he's he's got a little bit of Sandman in him where well he's hardcore, I mean yeah, we, yeah we, he's very it's, hardcore. It's not, I mean when I say Sandman, his moves aren't really crisp, you know. Yeah, he's a hardcore wrestler. Yeah, and. When then when you hear of David, so I just get, just gave myself because this is my process of thinking, and then when I saw that they put David Arquette together, I didn't know it was a death match at first. I thought it was just a match, and then when they announced that it was a death match, it was it, it threw me kind of for like threw me back because I was like. David Arquette seems to be kind of you know he competed at I mean he's trying to do the NWA. I mean, not NWA, I'm sorry. He's trying to do the territorial system with the indies, but like the right way, the old-fashioned yeah. way, if you will. He's trying to get respect from people. Yeah, and death matches, while some, they have their fans, you know, aren't – it isn't usually viewed by a lot of like the older wrestlers as some like a notable thing to do. Well, basically he told me when he was here last week that – that he, you know, he's had two goals since coming back to wrestling. One of them was to get respect from people in the wrestling industry who he felt like he never got respect from. And two was to show um, people in wrestling that uh, that he's not a pussy. And so I think he saw um, opportunity here to get, like, real hardcore and prove to people he wasn't a pussy. I mean, if you watch the whole match, I mean, obviously, you know, most of you watchers probably saw well, the footage on the, the site. Window. What? That thought's out the window. Nobody can say no, that. No, nobody. Because I mean, there's parts where he's getting pizza cuttered in his head. I mean, he is getting brutalized in this match. But, you know, to be, you know, and, and we're going to get into the Raw stuff in a second, but, you know, I, 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 everyone's been talking about this Arquette stuff today. Uh, I do want to put out there that, you know, Arquette has since put out a statement saying that, um, you know, the shoot nature of the ending of the match was his fault. That, you know, for those of you who maybe didn't see it, there's the way it ended was um, Nick Gage is grinding a light tube into Arquette's forehead, and Arquette kind of like panics and moves, and he, when he moves, the the light tube goes down and strikes him in the neck, and it kind of like just starts gushing blood. Yeah, and so then Arquette freaks out, he leaves, he comes back, and then the match ends and he leaves. Um, but he's since put out a statement saying that it was totally his fault, that it was his inexperience that that caused him to get hurt, that that it wasn't on the company. Um, but I've also seen you know um, Shane Helms going off today about the situation too, saying that like really? it's, that, that it's not on Arquette, that it's on the company who, who booked him, and that. You know that it was, um, you know, irresponsible of them to to put him in that kind of a situation. He said, "This is what he said actually on Twitter because it was it was well." This is what Which he is said. interesting because you know Shane Helms played David Arquette's stunt double. Well, that's why he said like he 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 was. He says later he got into a whole debate about this on mm-hmm. on, on Twitter, but he says like, "Yeah, I know David Arquette, so don't pretend like I'm just saying this out of, out of my ass. Like I know the guy." Like, but this is what he said. He said a good booker knows what his locker room is capable of. And oh wait, wait, no, actually, hold on. 
this is the better statement. He said, with all due respect, they took advantage of your name value and put you in a situation that you weren't trained or prepared for, and it came close to ending very badly. Regardless of whether you want to do it or not, that's shitty and irresponsible booking. Which, I mean, I'm sure there are there are people who feel that way. I mean, there's I, I do see both sides of this argument. You know, I'm not necessarily a deathmatch person, so I, I can see the other side of this I think, argument. I can see what Shane's talking about. I think there was lack of preparation on both sides. Totally. Absolutely. I you think, know, I think, I, yeah. I don't, I think it was, I think, it, I think they could have at least wisened David up a little bit more as to who this guy is and what he should be expecting. And also at the same time, it's not completely their fault. David Arquette should have known what he signed up for. Agreed. You know, like, but I, I mean, even David Arquette, when he was here, he said when they asked him to do the match, he had no idea who Nick Gage was. Okay. But if you tell me, okay, do you want to do this match? I'm going to whip out my phone. I'm gonna go on YouTube and I'm gonna figure out who the fuck this guy is totally. because don't you even if you even if he's not a deathmatch guy even if he's just some wrestler that you're gonna work with wouldn't you want to at least be a little familiar with like what his finish is or like what his look is like what you could work with like, I would I mean that's me personally that's me personally I would I mean and he did make it seem like he did after the fact do that and still decided to go forward with it so. You know, I'm sure the full story will play out in David's documentary. I know that um, the I'm promoter... genuinely curious to see what happened between the two afterwards. Well, you know, we put in the story that we put up about it that basically um, Arquette went backstage, uh, rushed backstage, was freaking out kind of, but the camera crew was following the whole time for the yeah. documentary. Um, That's going to be some good footage, by yeah, the way. Then Luke Perry came running in because Luke Perry was at the show. Yep. Um, Luke Perry comes running in says, hey, we got to get you the fuck out of here. You're bleeding. This is we too have to much. Go to the hospital. We have to go to ER right now. And they rushed out. Then Nick Gage came back um, and just hung out in, you know, in the backstage area. So um, I know – They didn't see each other. No. And the promoter of GCW told me um, – he does – it does sound like the promoter of GCW specs that David played that up a little bit. Uh, for his documentary, which is possible, which is possible. I mean, workers going to work. You know, they're they're both working each other a little bit here. Everyone's I mean, looking to gain something out. I of mean, you. You, you're if you're going to sit here and tell me that David Arquette didn't see oh death match, that would be really dope for my documentary. It will, mm-hmm. then it will, and that and you, and the way it ended, the like all the, uh, the news coverage mm-hmm. that'll be great for the. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's going to be TMZ great coverage. Um, yeah, and then so then fast forward. Then I had um, takeover, which was. Awesome, you were there too. Mm-hmm. Um, all I want to say about that is the that man, that double moonsault from the cage was one of the coolest see, I mean, things. Were you not there when that happened? No, no I, you were. I, I, no, I, I was there. I, I was there. But I saw it from a profile view. You don't really see how close he he came from not doing not that last two because <laughs> he literally his like his upper body, like his shoulders and his neck, are what lands on the guys. Yeah. you know that the the crew catching him. Yeah. I didn't because when you first see it, you don't see that. But when you saw, I, I saw it on the network for the first time, and it's like, yo, he almost didn't get that final revolution. Totally, so, like, hey, and even he, I think he even knows that because he even tweets like, I don't know what I was thinking. Like that, <laughs> that could have been horrible. You know, I, 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 I can't help but think when I watch something like that, though, that there had to have been like a young McFoley in the crowd who sees something like that and is like, that's a young McFoley, like Jimmy Snooker moment. You know, the next generation where they go like. Holy shit! I want to do that one day because that's you've never seen something like no, that. I mean, that's never, next level. No, not I mean, not off the top of a cage. No, mm-hmm. no, no. I mean, I, I've I've seen that one that, that that ROH one where when it like looks all messy, but it's not the same. It's not the same. Moon like salts that. are the, to me in ter- any. Uh, I this is just my personal view on things. 
Moonsaults to me are the scariest high risk moves there are. Yeah. Because you're going backwards and you basically don't know. I mean, you, I mean, that guy may be there when you initially started to turn around, but you better hope he's still there when you just go, you know, because that's complete. Like when there's, a, when there's like a, like when there's like an outside dive or a senton or something, you at least get to see where you're going, you know, but with these, even, I mean, to be fair, I think that's kind of why I give Charlotte a little bit of leeway with her moonsault because she's not looking where the fuck she's going. Yeah. And and she's like – the people beneath her are like, oh, this is a giant person coming Yeah, here. I mean like, she's, no, not she's not a – giant, but she's not a small person. No, she's not a small person. No. And, and, and Ricochet doing it not only once but twice, you know, and that's – there, there are so many fit, there are so many minute details about pulling off a moonsault, especially inside a cage where you like, man, I hope I don't like under rotate, you know, like I'll hit like the post or the cage or my feet will hit one, like uh, all these sort of things, mm-hmm. sort of things that I don't know moonsaults. Even me. that wire that he's holding on to, you have to be like cautious of that. You'd think just moonsaults to me are the scariest move there are. Like that, like. I, I, I mean, yeah, to me, a shooting star is a variation of a backflip, but you're just going forward. But yeah, no, moonsault. No, if, like if I if I ever was a high flyer, moonsaults would not be in my repertoire. <laughs> they wouldn't. Yeah, no, I'm I'm comp- I'm right there with you. And uh, you know, I I thought it was really cool seeing a war games match live in general. Yeah, it was know, just cool. Like I liked it. Yeah, and um, I was wondering. I was first off, I was like. How are they even going to set this up? Because I've never, because I've always seen the Staples Center in regular setup, you know, with one ring. Totally. But I was wondering, do they have to? I guess they had to sacrifice a few front row seats on that. They definitely did it differently because the setup for Takeover and the setup for Survivor Series was different for sure. For sure, Mm -hmm. I could tell when I was sitting, like I I was like looking at it, like the the structure and everything was different about it. Yeah, I mean, um, the crowd was. I mean, the crowd was really into it. Um, and Ricochet, it was like a playground for Ricochet. It was, yeah. I want to see John Morrison in one of those now, or Johnny Impact or whatever, because I just want like, man, he would be doing parkour off all those yeah. things and flying I mean, off the cage doing weird shit. I would love it. I mean, they don't seem to be in a rush to bring him back. No, no, so. no. I just meant in general, I'd like to see him in one of those kinds yeah, of matches. I mean, like, MLW, Ricochet, hey, MLW has war game matches. True, so true. they can theoretically do it. That's a good point. And then, you know, like, when he did the, like, there was one point when Ricochet kind of like, Ran up to the top rope to do like a running, uh, or like a diving uppercut. That I was like, "Oh, that was badass!" Like it just like, like a giant. Everybody playground. really delivered that. Night. Yeah, they really did. They really did. Um, and also, I also want to give props to. I don't want to rush past it, but the other match on the show were really good too. I mean, Gargano and Alistair Black was yeah. killer. I like uh, what they did. I like what they did with uh, Kyrie and Shayna. Me too. And that was funny. Like, and Dream and Champa killed it. And you know what? That uh, Dream and Champa killed it. But I knew they would. Yeah, I knew they would. Mm-hmm. That, that was going to be great. But I mean, the reason why I like Shayna and um, and uh, Kyrie so much was because it was able to give not full focus, but tease the newer signees, like yeah. the rest of the four horsewomen. Well, the real, I, I, depending on who you ask. <laughs> yeah, the four horsewomen of MMA. Of MMA, yes. And then, uh, and then, or uh, now of NXT. <laughs> and now, uh, what, Shir, how do you pronounce that? Shira? Io Shire. Io Shire. Io, Io, Io Shire. There's, yes. there's one person on Twitter gets so mad when I, when I pronounce yeah, it wrong. Yeah, they teased her, which was really dope. And, and she I, did and, an, and, and another moonsault. I was just going to say, <laughs> you talked about impressive moonsaults and looking back behind you, she did not look behind her no. at all. Like she was just like, "All right, let's do this." And she was in skinny jeans. Yep. I, I was like, "Man, that is impressive." This girl went up there in skinny jeans and just without did a moonsault without missing. Me. And it was like crisp, 
picture perfect moonsault that I was like, that was a beautiful moonsault. And you know what? Doing a moonsault on a bunch of green re- receivers. Totally. I thought the same thing. Like, and they caught her well. Yeah. More than you see people catch Charlotte on the main yes. roster. Although, like we said, size difference. Big size difference. Huge. <laughs> um, and then uh, lastly, we should get into um, Survivor Series a little bit. I'll be honest with you guys. Because I was there um, – because of, not because I was there, because of the Enzo thing that occurred, I did miss some of the show. I was rushing around. Um, so basically, during the Shinsuke versus Seth Rollins match, someone DM'd the wrestling shoot account and they were like, hey, do you notice Enzo's in the front row? And they sent that screen grab and I was like, oh my God. And I looked at my dad and I was like, I. I gotta go. I gotta go see if that's Enzo sitting in the front row. Like, that's crazy, you know? So, for those of you watching on video, like, I was uh, behind the announcers, basically. You know, like, a little further up, but behind that, that was where I was. And Enzo was to the right. Directly so, in front of hard cam. Directly in front of hard cam. So, I ran to the left to hard cam area so I could try and get as low as possible so I could see if it was Enzo. Because, I mean, it was clear it was Enzo in the picture, but I, I wanted to get a few pictures because I didn't know when he was going to reveal himself. So I rush over there, and like right when I get down is when he pops up and reveals himself. And I'm like, shit, I'm on the opposite side of the arena in case he gets kicked out, you know? So I ran up, and I, I ran to the other side. But as you can see in the video that we posted on the site, they kicked him out through the backstage area. So I, I ran over there for no reason, basically. And then um, I got that video sent to me that was up close of Enzo being kicked out. So I had to go to the balcony of Staples, and, and and luckily James was helping me out. James mm-hmm. typed up the story, and I was getting the video ready and posted it on YouTube. So I missed like I missed most of the Survivor Series match, the men's Survivor Series match, and I missed uh, I missed most of the tag I missed the tag team match, and I missed the two hundred five live match. So I don't want to like do a full review. Everyone's like full review. I missed some of the matches. I'll be honest. I'm gonna go back and watch them this week, uh, but I saw I saw part of the end of because I saw the end of the male. Survivor Series match because I saw the um, I walked back in when Shane was doing the coast to coast and Braun knocked him down which I thought was pretty badass so yeah I mean the show the rest of it that I watched I liked it I will say I was so very confused when everyone started booing Ronda Rousey that much I mean I expected people to I, I when I I, I'm glad we're going to talk about this because it was so it was so upsetting to me it was right because it really made it it, it made the rest of the it kind of like made me a little worried about how they were gonna be like if they were gonna be worse on Raw, you know? Because I I knew that I knew the crowd was gonna be split. I knew that this was good even before it was Charlotte when it was just Becky. I knew it was gonna be the first real test of Ronda Rousey in terms of her star power because there are it's not usually they've done a really good job at putting Ronda up against people who they know they're gonna boo Nia Jax. Um, uh, Alexa Bliss. Um, even that one was a little tricky because people like Alexa Bliss so much. Yep. But when it was Becky, and I just saw how much of a how much steam Becky had, and I mean to quote Michael Cole when he's talking about Seth Rollins, this Seth Rollins is I mean Mike Becky Lynch is on fire right now, yeah. you know, and so hot right now, so hot right now, and. I was like, yo, this is like – I kind of almost was like a little worried for her because I didn't know – I mean obviously I have no idea the backstage relation – I mean like goings on with – in terms of prepping Becky. But I wasn't sure if they were adequately Becky preparing her for what this crowd could be. 
And, you know, while L.A. is an interesting crowd, they're usually not like the like the smart asses, well, like Chicago. kind of quiet. Yeah, they're not like Chicago. Or you you like, didn't go to Raw last night? No. But I, the, the difference in crowd was like exponential. It was crazy, the difference in crowd. Because, like, the rabid crowd from Survivor Series was not there last night during yeah, Raw. Yeah, I mean, when I was watching Raw from home, I mean, Ronda got a pretty good reaction. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was like... I feel like even she was confused. I, it was. I would have been. I had multiple people text me like, "Did I miss something in the storyline when Ronda became a bad guy?" And I was like, "No." And 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 I'm with you. I expected, especially when it was gonna be Becky. I expected there to be some booing or whatever. Yeah, and I expect because I because you know there there this is the first real in terms of star power threat that Ronda's had. And 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 Becky is like you just said very very hot right now. Everyone is like team Be- everyone's cheering Becky. So so I get it. Totally, you know? But it was the like it was one she put on a great match. Like the match the was match dope. The match was dope yeah. and she took a 5 minute beat. beating where she was just getting the shit kicked out of her. Visible wounds. And people then ch- and the crowd started chanting that goodbye song and I, and I was like I was sitting there going like I was like looking at her. What does she need to do? What is why is this happening? Like what has she done to make this happen? It's it's almost like this like it's like a telling thing it's like it's like where we are in the world right now of like the all the bad things are being cheered for some reason and I don't get it. I don't understand in this world especially this the combat sports world where if you want to throw professional wrestling in there I don't know what more uh, other than just saying, hey, I'm going to go back to NXT for five years, which is, we all know is not going to happen. I don't know what more in the wrestling – we're in the, in the community of the wrestling universe that she really needs to do to prove herself. Right. I mean she's acclimated extremely quickly. She's gained the respect of her peers. She's gained she, – Some she, of them. I mean she travels uh, – she does the house shows. Which is more than I her her male equivalent does. She goes out there pimping the WWE to mainstream press, and she and she puts on and she doesn't put on cookie cutter matches. No, she got the shit kicked out of her with a kendo stick. To where the kendo stick exploded, and you saw each time the kendo stick hit her, a new mark come out on yeah. her body. Like it, it, you saw it in real time. Like you didn't like see on Raw the next day the bruises from overnight. No, you saw them physically like happen to her. As and they were chanting, "You deserve it." Like, and I was just thinking to myself, like, what has she done to deserve this? Like, she is giving up a very cozy life to come do something that, sh- that it's we so enjoy. Taxing. Yeah, that like that, that. I just I was just sitting there just like dumbfounded, and people were tweeting me like, "You don't get it. You don't get it." She I just it's handed like, everything, and I'm like, "What? What was? She, okay, yeah, she was handed uh, a title match early. Yes, you can argue that. Who but, cares though? I mean, you, I sorry mean, that Alicia Fox isn't the champion. I love Alicia Fox, but it would be <laughs> silly if she was the champion over Ronda Rousey. It, it, it's it's just one of those things that I really don't understand. Like when you ask them, like, why do you boo John Cena? It's like at, at first it was like, OK, yeah, because he's being forced down our throats. But then after a while, it was like, what you you know, the work he does. Yeah. What? what why are we booing him? It, well, I mean, I think it's twofold. One, it's mob mentality. Mm-hmm. They see others doing it. Then they start doing it. I think, two, it's like it. they see it as it becoming part of the show. Like that's like part of the act and to me like the reason i like pwg shows is because it feels like the audience while small not that small but small super supportive though is there to like enhance the show like they 
as much as they're rowdy and into it, they're not there trying to like take away the focus. They're there to try and help the show be as cool as possible. It'd be like when I go to Disneyland, right? And I go on the Indiana Jones ride. I'm not sitting there riding the Indiana Jones ride going like with a little kid sitting next to me going like, well, that looks fake. That's dumb. This is stupid. No one would yeah. actually do this. You know, like I'm going like, oh, my God, that's Indiana Jones. That was, where are we going? Because I'm like trying to enjoy it because that's why I'm there, you know. And yeah. So I, for instance, when I – like, it's the same thing when I go to like Halloween Horror Nights, for yeah. instance. Like I am not really scared of anything the, the, at, the, at least at this point, like a 30-year-old man. Of things that come out, but I'll still scream just because that's part of what that's you part do. of the fun. I mean, there was always that kid at birthday parties when there was a magician. <laughs> totally, there was always that one fucking kid who had to ruin him and be like, "I saw you put your kerchief like in your sleeve and shit." It's like, come on, man! Like everybody else is enjoying it. Yeah. Like, like do you really like? Yeah, okay. It's- and it's one thing to me to, to do it after the fact. Like it's an, like like because we're super fans. Obviously, we're gonna pick apart things that we watch with wrestling. You know. But it's like when you're there doing it in the crowd, it's like, I don't know. I, I, I just I just feel like it'd be, it's more fun to, like, go along with the, with the show a little well, bit. Could you so, like, imagine when you're booing it, people that are supposed to be cheered, it, like, makes it less fun for the people who are there to have that like, fun. Could you imagine if one horrible person would go to Disneyland and just start, like, saying, like, look at all these idiots in, like, big furry costumes and stuff. That's not Tigger. That's a dude. In, yeah. Like, 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 like going on Space Mountain and turning on his iPhone flashlight and just just, just showing yeah, everyone like the lights the, on like, in the place, you know? Like, try to immerse yourself, you know? It's supposed to be an escape. Try to, like, escape from reality, you know? That's yeah. my personal thing. That's my personal thing with it, too. I mean, I've seen you there with little kids doing that, you yeah. know, with your little brother and stuff. So, yeah, no, totally. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, you know, I'm doing one quick pause because I realize my computer's going to die, uh, and I need to grab my charger at my desk, which is, like, one second away. In the meantime, while I do that, Jamie, you want to give a little ad for the network while I'm run over there and do that? What you got going on this week? Uh, well, we have some surprise ones for the holidays, oh, but, not the, but not ones that Just we can announce yet. All right. Well, everybody at home, if you are trying to find some new exclusive items, some items that you can't find anywhere else, then you should sign up for the network live inst- uh, on – I'm sorry. It's an app. On iOS only currently right now, but we are dropping on uh, Android and desktop platforms very soon. Pretty much what it is, it's a new shopping network for a new generation. What you do is you sign up, and every so off, every week, we'll do a product drop, a product you can't get anywhere else, or a new or an early product that we'll get before it hits mass market. And it's a lot of dope stuff. You should check it out. I mean, all our past sizzle reels of like highlights of our past episodes are currently on the app right now. Oh, they are on there now? Because yes, they weren't yes. before, right? Highlights, not the full episode. So episodes. not the full episode. Yes. Okay, okay. How come the full episode isn't there? Uh, more reason thing. to tune in. More to tune live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. I watched part of, I finally got to watch part of one this week. What day is today? Today's, Today's Tuesday. Was there one yesterday with Odell Beckham? Yes. Yeah, I watched part of the one yesterday. Woo, that one was great. Yeah, it was cool. I liked it. It looked very fancy. I like it. I like those hosts, too. They were cool. All right. Let's get into Monday Night Raw. So uh, it started off with uh, Baron Corbin in the ring. Stephanie comes down. They're banter, banter. Braun Strowman then interrupts. And basically, at the end of this, we get it official that Braun versus Baron... At TLC. And uh, so if Braun wins, Braun gets to face Brock Lesnar at Royal Rumble. If Baron wins, he becomes permanent, permanent general manager. Thoughts on that? Do you like the stipulation? I do because it's going to be a fun one. And But but 
I mean, we're gonna jump. Are we gonna jump ahead of, of why? Of what happens? Of after. why this is gonna be a little? It may not be such a clean sweep for Mister Strowman. So okay, so then after does that? I mean, that matters. When it does. Discussing it does. It, yeah. And just so you guys know, the ones who, for those of you listening right now, I'm gonna get back to the dismemberment line because that was wild. But um, to to further what Jamie's talking about in this part, by of the, the way, discussion, I didn't even really think about that till you just mentioned it. How bad was that? Because when she said it, 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 just, it was such a throwaway to me. Well, I w- and it's funny because I was I was um, rushing. I was a little late to Raw, so Christian, who from who here at Collider, I was meeting him there, and he I, I missed that line live. There are some people who in the live who were like, like even kind of were like, like boo a little well, bit. Well, I just saw all the tweets about it, and I and and I was like, what are they talking about? And then Christian didn't tell me about it, so I didn't think about it. And then I saw after the fact, I was like. Wait, what they say? And so I watched it this morning, and I was just like, Whoa, we'll, "We'll get into this member move." Actually, let's get into that now. So we're already here. So yeah, I, so they, so they basically, list the stipulations. What, what, yeah, so when they're listing the stipulations, <laughs> Braun says that he gets to pick the stipulations in the and match, and that he's going to be le- and he's going to tear him apart. Basically, well, that he's not going to be le- held legally legally accountable for what he does to him. But he said something about tearing Baron apart, limb from limb, and then Stephanie says, "Well, dismemberment is a corporate liability," which is. Exactly Mind what happened. After all this crown jewels, Saudi Arabia, because that's Jamal exactly Khashoggi what happened talk. to that to that journalist. Yeah, I mean, the guy got dismembered, and it brought huge negative press to the company. Why on earth would you script Stephanie to say that line? Was she, but I don't think it was. It had. There's no way she hit that line. I don't know. On it, uh, just, I don't know. just by chance. Like, there's no way you think that that was. You think that was by that, that was coincidence? It seemed like it seemed like an ad lib to me. Ah, I don't to me, it know. seemed like an ad lib. To me, Stephanie isn't ad libbing a lot on TV. Like Stephanie's following the script. I don't know. I don't know. To the me, script it's, is uh, it's pretty the one solid. Per- and, but she's also the one person who could get away with it. Oh, if okay, if it was, <laughs> if it was a, f- a flub, a flub that has to be one of the stupidest fucking flubs. Ever. Like, ever. Because that was a big flub. I mean, anyone who saw that coverage, anyone in the company knows the word dismemberment. They didn't want to say Saudi Arabia on TV for a few weeks. I don't know. I didn't see it like that. I really? Think, no, I didn't. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was maybe a poor choice of words, but I don't think that's where they went in. I don't think they really thought about it. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. You don't think in the, in the show where they also referenced... Uh, that Roman Reigns deserved to have his cancer come back because of his past discretions in the Shield. I, I'm that sorry, maybe I think some that's a separate. I think as there's a ten person writing team. I think that's two separate different th- separate things. I do. I really do. Mm, I don't know. I have a hard time believing because that. I know that each segment is written by a different writer. Well, I know that, but like, but also, you know, at the same time, that Vince loves to stick it to rest. rest of it. Vince loves to stick it to his critics, to people who yes. who speak the opposite of what he has done. Who don't? And, and come on, you don't think that Vince snuck that in? I don't know. This seems a little conspiracy theory. A little bit. What? A little bit to me. A little bit. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I'm saying that it. It seemed like it was such a throwaway line to me. Like, it didn't even register to me the first time I saw it. So, I don't know. We're going to have to agree to disagree on this one, Jamie. But, okay, so I am with you in the Braun versus Baron thing. But, yeah, to, to, to further what you were talking about. So, after the announcement, 
um, a six-man tag match is announced, which was the announcing of that was all weird. Like first it was going to be a handicap match, elimination. Now it's going to be elimination. Now it's also going to be instead of a handicap, it's going to be six man. It was like weird the way they kept doing that. Um, so wait, because I was there live, you were watching on TV. Mm-hmm. Did, was it the same way when they came back from commercial? They just showed Baron saying now it's an elimination yep, match. Yeah, it was just, yep. And they didn't say that on commentary as to why. Well, then also, they, I mean, I remember I come back from another commercial break and Finn's coming out, and I'm like, oh, okay, I forgot Finn's part of this as well. And <laughs> I mean, they're just—I don't know what Finn's purpose is. It's just like if they need a sixth person in a, and they only have five, you know, they, then they call Finn. And we need someone with good abs. Where's Finn? Yeah, and I mean, it's really. It's a, it's a whole other tangent about Finn Balor, but it, oh no, it's very frustrating. I I don't know what he I don't know he made somebody mad, or he just nobody, or it's just Vince just does not want him at all. I think my, my, this is me guessing. My guess is that he was touted by Triple H. He was this hot prospect coming out of NXT because he was a champion, and then when he got injured. So quickly, it made Vince scared to put the belt on him. Put the belt on him again, or just to give him like to give him that chance again. And I think he's just kind of like waiting. I mean, they haven't even given the Intercontinental Championship. Nothing, not like not even a tag belt with somebody. You you know, know? like put him like in a B team type. thing. No, and that was a long time ago. Now, what he won the Universal. That's so funny. At (laughs) Raw last night, they aired they aired like one of those holiday commercials for the crowd with the B team, and Chris said something. He's like, "Are they still on the show?" And I was like, "I don't." Think so? I think they were in the pre-show. I think they were on the pre-show at Survivor Series. But, uh, but yeah, no, you're right about Finn Balor. I mean, I, I, I also think that just Vince doesn't believe that he is believable as a competitor because of his size. You know, I, I think that like that's why they say that on TV so often. They go, "Oh, the, the extraordinary man who can do extraordinary things" or yeah. whatever. Like, uh, I mean, there is a reason why I guess back in Rey Mysterio's heyday that they called him the biggest, uh, the biggest little dog or whatever the fuck. Yep. Called him, I don't know, the biggest little man in, of the co- in the company's history. Yeah, I mean, um, WWE, even though they like to kind of hide the negatives and accentuate the positives, they are pretty great at accentuating negatives. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to remind you every week that Finn Balor is smaller than the rest of the roster. They love doing that, 100%. So then, um, so the six-man tag happens. Uh, Braun... There's, a, there's an end, ends in no contest. Braun's like the last one. He's about to beat someone, and they all just start beating him down, beating him down. Uh, they do a full beat down angle where, and then they pull a cane and take her Vince McMahon, uh, even though revert sub- substitute a leg for an arm. Yes, and they hit his arm in the on the steps on the steps steel steps. And now they say that uh, Braun's elbow is shattered, shattered, shattered. Wow, which I have heard is legit. I've heard um, that he did hurt his elbow. That his elbow is that it's that he yeah that his elbow is injured, but um, obviously it happened before that. But you know, and that he's gonna be out a few weeks. So all right, well then this would be a great little. This is gonna be a great buildup. This you think? Be, I think so because Baron Corbin is a heat magnet. People hate to boo, people hate him. People hate Baron Corbin, and now for the next few weeks until TLC, we're gonna get an unchecked. Baron Corbin just being an asshole because Braun's going to be out and he's just going to go out every week and talk about how Braun Strowman's not here and he took out Braun Strowman and now like he's the like the current big guy right now and week after week after week we'll just have to deal with it 
because Braun Strowman's not here. And then finally, even probably the Monday before, we'll probably get a surprise return. He'll come in, Braun, I mean, Britt Baron will run, and then we'll have the match. You know, that's how I see it going. I didn't know that they were going to keep him off TV for until, until for, for a little bit. I think they're going to, yeah. And that makes, that changes my thoughts on it a little bit. Originally, I thought that they were going to use that going into the match and make that as kind of an equalizer to make it more interesting, not a slaughter. Makes sense. You know? And that's, I didn't know that they would actually, this was an injury. Like he was going to be off TV for a minute. So. I mean, I, that, I, from what I've heard from a good source, that's what, I've, that's what I've heard. So that makes it a little bit different. Now it's going to be a little more, it may be a slaughter again, but this time people are going to be actually waiting for it, you know? Do you think, okay, so Baron Corbin versus Braun happens at TLC, right? Um, if, and I believe they said if Baron loses, he loses all, all power. power, right? He doesn't lose his job. He loses all power. Do you see them going that route? Because he has been. Like, you I mean, know what? Now, actually, as I'm saying this, I think I, I light bulb just popped in my head as I said it. He's totally losing the job. What? Do I, he's totally losing the job to Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss did a really good job when she had that quick little moment as a GM. You think they'll get? I mean, they're, they're just, keeping her off TV for a little bit because of her injuries. I mean, it'd be a great, they, she'd be a great GM and have two female GMs. That'd be interesting. I could see them doing that, right? Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah. And also, I mean, yeah, I, I there's also, like, I mean, maybe another possibility. We got, you know, Brock does something. And helps Baron win. Yeah, maybe. I mean, to be fair, didn't Baron help him win yeah. the title? At... Uh, yeah, he did. He did, right? Yeah. Because when he, he started did. the match, he, yeah. he, he hit him with the title belt. Yep. So, I, all right, I guess that also makes a little bit of sense, and then it helps prolong Braun versus get, Brock till Mania. Yeah, then we just get— Because Braun has to win the Royal Rumble then this time. Yeah, and I guess we just get GM Baron for a while, and then until the next one comes, whatever that is. You know, yeah, I guess— <laughs> I guess I really need to see Baron Corbin back as like a main roster. Because now that he's, because it was so funny, the timing of when he became Corporal Baron, not Corporal, what is it? Uh, uh, Constable. Constable, which they've dropped, and I don't like it. Cause I, I like I the liked name Constable. Constable Corbin. Yeah, me too. But um, they, when he cut his hair off, that was the same time he started wearing suits. Yeah. So we haven't seen like Baron Corbin without his hair in his gear. No. And I don't know what that would look like. It, 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 it's a little frightening to me. I almost feel like he can't go back to that that old lone wolf gear. It, it won't have match. To change. It wouldn't. It wouldn't match. It, I mean, he had to like, grow stringy hair before and it kind of matched his Well, he can't thing. be called the lone wolf anymore because, as we all know, wolves have lots of hair. <laughs> and so he's, lost his, he's lost his lone wolf's tennis I'm sold. sorry. I just When I look at Baron Corbin, I don't think hairy man. I don't. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even have a full beard. He has just this this thing, whatever God. that is. How annoying are the wolves in Red Dead? Those I don't like them. Those motherfuckers, dude. I, I mean, I, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of nitpicking I could go on and on about Red Dead. You know, it's <laughs> it's a great game. It's not a perfect game. <laughs> no, it's funny too because you're like doing so many like chores in the game. Yeah. Like I literally feel like like I'm like I, I have like errands I need to run in the game. Like, yeah, you take need to care of the your, damn you farm. Need, you like, need to whatever. clean your gun. You yeah. need to brush your damn horse. <laughs> um, okay, so that and beatdown happens. Now we get to the Rollins promo. Um, 
So basically, Rollins comes out. Dean interrupts, says, "Come find me." And before that, Rollins touches on the uh, the only the, the most he's ever found out about Dean Ambrose was from the Chronicle episode. Oh yes, yes. Which I don't know if you've seen it. I mean, people at, at, at people at home, if you're listening, watching. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it because it's both good and silly at the same time (laughs) because there are a lot of great – as we were texting, there's a lot of great insight into the backstage workings of like how they load the shield, like you know promos. Also, what I liked what they showed is they don't usually show this often is when they do the backstage one-liners for Australian markets. Me too. I thought that was really cool too. Yeah. But they kind of – Mix, mix it in with some in character. Well, it was interesting because it was almost. They didn't like, present it as in character. Well, they, they didn't present it that way. But the but but the the documentary itself it was it was interesting. It was interesting because it's not often that you see a, a, a basically kayfabe documentary. Like like it was real to a certain degree. But there was a lot of in character stuff. Yeah, I mean, like there. Were, I but mean, I kind of liked that. It mixed him. I mean, it reminded me of the old Attitude Era DVD. Yeah, me too. Yeah, God, I didn't even think about it. But that's a lot. What it was like was, was because one of those remember, old, yeah, I used remember to love the those. three faces of Foley yeah. DVD. It was, first it was one that both. came to mind when you said it that. Was yeah. Both. yeah, yeah. And um, with Dean, it's like, yeah, we're getting a lot of great backstage. But then they cut to like Dean flipping out backstage after Drew McIntyre's promo about why he, Roman has a title and Seth has a title. But Dean doesn't. Where if you if you know enough about professional wrestling, you know that's that's not something that would set up somebody, especially somebody who's been in the game this long, off. You know that's not a that's not a hot touching point. And but that's like you don't "Ah." see like a wrestler like (laughs) brooding in the corner over the scripted promo that that just happened in the ring. Yeah, so it was a little silly. You know, I kind of laughed at every time Dean would get mad at for whatever reason, and it's just why are you mad, Dean? I'm mad because. The, the world is against me. It's like, it does, uh, and it was a great, because you know what it is? It, it, and I don't even know if they meant to do this. Chronicle became part of the storyline. Yeah. Like, you, if you want to get, like, because they never, they used to, even though Dean appeared and had a promo at the end of the night, had a promo with the garbage can at the, um, at the other, at uh, last week. Had <laughs> a promo with the garbage can, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. No, I know. <laughs> I just picture him doing the promo, looking at it. Like, like I, I get what you mean, but I, <laughs> I picture like an acting class where Dean's doing like a serious scene with a with a trash can. But yes, you're right. But they never they they never really said why. You no, know? Like, like and well, and that was a Vince call from what I've heard. That mm-hmm. Vince was like a doesn't need a doesn't necessarily need it. And I do think this week they a little more tried to explain why, but I'm with you. I think this documentary actually did a better job of explaining Dean's heel turn and frustration and frustration behind it than, than anything they showed on TV. Uh, so I, I'm with you. That, if they started putting up content that if you want to connect a little more dots in an on, uh, on Raw, on SmackDown storyline, but you have to go back and watch the network, I don't know why they wouldn't do that. Seems brilliant to me to use it for that reason. I mean, I you know we, we were talking via Twitter uh, or via Twitter, via text before you came here um, – and we were both kind of saying that uh, that that uh, the ending of the Dean thing, when they showed his actual turn, mm-hmm. uh, was really, really Man, cool. The way, the way they, they edited like, it. If you watch, if you watch this chronicle for any reason, 
watch it for how they shoot, how they edit, how they what music they put to it. They make the Dean's turn on Seth like a movie. Yeah. Like I it, mean with that with that noise with the, with the no noise like thing, the high like, pitched Yeah, like, I loved with, it. The same noise they make when like a bomb goes yeah. off in an Afghanistan movie. Yeah. It's yeah. like and they just cut to Dean like his head is buried in the mat and he's like screaming at the mat and it's like God, this looks so much better than anything Dunn would have put together. I thought the same thing when I was watching. I was like, man, they need to show ju- – if anything, they need to show just this part to get a better idea and be like, hey, you want the full backstory of why Dean turned, go to the network, which yeah. they didn't do. And I'm shocked because it was – they you mentioned have. that You mentioned that you're an acquaintance with the guy who put it together. And well, prop- we follow each other on Twitter. So props to him, like if he ever sees this. That was one of the better – Pieces I've seen put together on uh, one of those things. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, no, I, I, and yeah, I, I'm glad you said the same thing. I'm glad I wasn't that it wasn't just me because I felt the same way. I was like, man, this is something people need to go watch. It was, mm-hmm. it was well done, and I'm glad because I agree with you that like it was funny because it was like really well done, but then at the same time like kind of goofy because it was in kayfabe. But I mean, it works because it's Dean Ambrose. There's the scene where Dean Ambrose flips out on some caller that we don't ever know who it is, but they literally focus on the call for five minutes, and he's mad at him for interrupting his gym session. I hope that it was supposed to be. Set Seth Rollins because what of what I was got. said on That's what Raw. I, got, but I, I almost think that Seth Rollins was smart enough to put that together, and that that maybe wasn't in the script. That he was like, "Let's just mention that. That makes sense. That was me. You know, that's why." I you mean, know? they opened it up with Dean just being a huge asshole to the camera. It's like, <laughs> can anybody be this miserable just always ever, like and, and kiss his girlfriend the way he kisses Renee Young? The little yeah. like the that's like, wait, come on. I don't, like nobody who kisses their girlfriend like that is just mad all the time. <laughs> um, okay, so then in this promo after the chronicle thing, then he says something that got everyone more so than the dismemberment line. Shockingly, well, not shockingly, but so, this was the other really controversial thing that was said on Raw last set, night. Make sure to mention the setup. So what he said is that like basically that the Shield is going to pay for their past discretion. Yeah, so that, basically, that, 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 all they, three they, of them. Yeah, that they all. Stepped on a lot of people on the way to the top and that they're going to get the repercussions for it including now. Including himself. Including himself. Including Seth. And he said including Roman. He said for, for what Roman did in the shield, he has to answer to, to the man upstairs. Yeah. Implying that Roman's cancer returned due to the things the shield has done in the past. Yeah. Which he, is fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean – I like to think that they called him and asked if they could. I am almost positive that they did. I – I, I would bet money on the fact that they did. I've heard from a source that they did. I've heard from a source that they did and that Roman that Roman maybe even suggested it. But here's the thing. Here's my thing when I look at it. I get it. I get it. Roman probably thinks – in Roman's mind, it's like the heat thing. Like, oh, you know, I'm coming back. And when I come back, built-in heat right there, right? And on top of that, you know, wrestlers, you know, they – you know, when a wrestler dies and the family is cool with it, They'll do something like this because they go like, oh, this is what the wrestler would have wanted. They would have liked to still be involved yeah. in the storyline after they died. But like Roman people, is not when, dead. When people made that ar- argument about Eddie, you know. Yeah, yeah. Eddie, um, Paul Bear, you know, all that kind of stuff. Jim Neidhart now. Um, but Roman is alive. And <laughs> Roman could potentially – like uh, <coughs> Roman is dealing with a life or death situation you know uh, an illness that can end in death if the if if it goes that way right so i just don't understand the point of 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 throwing that out there in a television show that is scripted because it's like and and i'm all for blurring the lines of reality and fiction 
But not when it comes to like death. Yeah, and to me, this is twice they've done this. Yeah, they did it the night he announced it. Well, and, and the night they announced it, I was a little less mad because he was there. I get, I kind of okay, yeah, got. It. I'm not saying that it was an initial outright. I mean, it wasn't an internal like. Uh, when they first did it because I was like, hey, mad respect to them. That was a great move. That was a really crazy move to to, to do and they did it. Yeah, me too. But then when you do it again, <laughs> you know, it's like now you're basing that's like because now whenever you think back on Dean and Seth, when uh, not so much because now the roles are rever- have reversed. Now Dean is the is the face and, ro- and Seth is the I mean, now Dean is the heel and Seth is the in the face. But now that's part of that's part of it now is <laughs> yeah. is a roman's real life battle battle with leukemia yeah. and i don't know it, to me they're they're you don't you when you have such two two talented people as dean ambrose and seth and in my opinion we're seeing dean ambrose in his prime right now we me are cuz i don't think we had dean i think D, dean got really complacent i don't know dean so i can't say for sure but it's from me to me i mean judging even from the stone cold steve austin podcast where he really phoned it in and austin even was like come on dude what the fuck come on you're in the room with stone cold steve austin and i think he's a little more cuz he's seen what it's like to have it taken away like in the documentary he said it was the first time he's been injured in 6 years and I think he's a little more focused now, and I think he is giving it his 100%, which is I don't think we got his 100% before. I'm with you on that. Yeah. And um, Seth Rollins, you know, who people have repeatedly on commentary and as well as the crowd of like he's he's on it. We're seeing the – I mean we're not seeing the rise. We're seeing like Seth kind of taking his role as the, the workhorse of the company. I don't think you need something as controversial as, you know, Roman's real life health issues to make that feud better. Yeah, I don't think you need it. Like you, their 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 friendship falling apart. You would think would be enough as it is, considering they're one of the top factions of all time. And Dean is such a creative force on the microphone, where you would think that they could come up with something. You know, like anything, like of a, of a reason. You know, <laughs> anything, anything but leukemia talk. Like. And even if they just relied on him being frustrated, you know, saying I was never taken seriously as a shield. Well, look at the like we said. Look at Chronicle. The promos that he was cutting in Chronicle. A lot of those are in character. Yeah, and they're like really compelling stuff to watch. None of it mentions no. cancer and stuff. No. You know, like I just, you know, I look at wrestling as like an escape. And sometimes when you inject a real life thing like that into your escape, it like it's like too Cause, real. Because because think like, about it, you'll look back on that, and then if hypothetically in a horrible, 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 worst outcome scenario possible, Roman succumbs to leukemia, and that's years down the line. If everything goes wrong, which it seems like you know he's got the right people in his corner, so that probably that might not happen. But then you look back on that episode yep. and he says that. That's exactly how I look at it. It's like, why? What if that happens? Then that exists in the ether. Yeah. You saying that about your homie. And I get it. I get this is in a scripted environment. But like – but you're taking – it's just – I'm cool with blurring reality and fiction. But like I said, when death is involved, I just don't – Necessarily feel like it's necessary. Like there's better, create there more creative ways to like, write that. Did it raise everybody's eyebrows? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it was a great heel. I mean, it was a great heat getter. That's for sure. Yep. I mean, 
They're doing. I guess it's a lot of just the same mentality as I thought. Why they pulled the trigger when they did when they had the heel turn is that Dean is is a face at heart. People like to cheer Dean, and they if they had just had Dean just turn on Seth just in some predictable way, I don't think he. he I'd still to this day think he'd get cheered. Yeah, I don't think that it would still be. I don't. I. I. I don't think he would really have the same kind of vitriol that he has now, and. Um, I think it's just adding to it, but at the same time, it's like it, it kind of leaves you like, uh, well, that was a little uncomfortable, and I really hope he doesn't succumb at the end. You know, I mean, like that would make this whole because then that just gets more that that like I already told you that's tied the uh, Roman's leukemia is tied to this angle forever. Mm-hmm. But now, if something worse were to happen to Roman, I think it would really put a sour note in the whole Seth and Dean relationship as, as a whole going forward. Yeah, no, I agree. Um... One second. So, um, yes, I, I, I agree with everything you said right there. And I, I – although I – the only thing I want to say is I – besides the cancer part of things, I do think that like you had mentioned, like with Dean being – this being prime Dean, it feels like we're about to get like prime Dean. Um, I did feel like these were like the – the edgiest, most like old school feeling Dean Ambrose promos we've seen in a while. Like the kind that I used to see people talking about on YouTube all the time. Like <laughs> CCW, was, yeah, yeah, like all that kind of stuff that people were always raving about, like his promos. I do feel like they had this like sense of realism to it a little bit. And I and I did like that. And I'm sorry, I when he said what's that smell when he came back out, I was like, What <laughs> is that what <laughs> All right, whatever. <laughs> I I had bought uh that show I had bought garlic tater tots. At the show, and the, the guy sitting behind me, uh, he works the ESPN, and when Dean was like, what's that smell? I smell something out there. He was like, it's Satin's garlic tater tots over here. They're fucking smelly. Like, I was like, oh, man, sorry. Sorry. Uh, all right, so moving, we'll get back to the, the end of the Dean stuff at the end, but um, one thing I wanted to mention here is the, the next thing where they had a, a vignette that aired for Lars Sullivan – Seemingly showing that he's going to be on, yeah. I would assume, on Raw. Yeah. Um, and the tweets from WWE. They say Raw, Raw, right? Like hashtag, hashtag Raw. Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty cool. I think I, I honestly think that while I, I would prefer to on SmackDown, I think the call-up is 100% Yeah, deserved. I mean, like, he's a great, I mean, but here's the thing. I wonder how they market him because they already have a monster. I know. And they've got Drew McIntyre who's, like, huge right now. They've got – I mean, like, that is the main reason I would have preferred to see him go to SmackDown. Because there aren't any monsters no, in like, other than the big show. But, I mean, he's yeah. – yeah. He, he, I feel like that role is less filled out on SmackDown right now. Um I mean, I didn't know that he was going to get called up this early. I mean, it's not early for him. He's been on the roster for. I mean, when I say early, I mean before, like a superstar shakeup or a like a or, side of the blue like that. Yeah, just like oh, okay, let's go. Which makes me think that there is a plan. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like with the shakeups, they're like, we have to call someone up because it's yeah. time for a shakeup. Bringing someone up right before WrestleMania season is interesting to me because it almost is like. Do they have something for him? They like, must. I mean, I just—it's like I said. I don't know how they. 
because literally he has the role that Braun has on on Raw. He's, I mean, Braun's a little more entertaining. I didn't even, I didn't even mention Braun either. Yeah, Braun, Drew, and Brock are like behemoths on. Yeah, but, but Braun is a little more. I mean, I mean, the closest equivalent that Lars has on the roster is Braun, but Braun is a little more. There's a little more depth to him. Lars is kind of just this like Frankenstein monster. I like, kind of Lars to me is if PCO could still work. Okay. <laughs> Um, like I said, I'm no knock to PCO, but I mean, he's, I mean, but his he's his, his moon salts are a little, mm, you know. Like <laughs> I love PCO; he's yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But um, but he, he's a spectacle to watch. But he's not like the most crisp no, when you're watching it. Yeah, he's yeah. not. And Lars is, but he doesn't like, care either. Like no. that's not that's part of his thing. But Lars to me is if PCO could work. Yeah, I get and, what you're saying. And. I don't like making him like all this unstoppable monster that just tears through people. They already have three of them. Yeah, and I don't. I they and to make him different, I, I I really don't know. I really they have to. I think they'd have to change up his gimmick a little bit. That's what, honestly that, everything you're saying right now is a hundred percent what I was confused by by the raw status of things. Like all of that is needed on SmackDown unless. <laughs> the only thing I think is that maybe they're planning on doing a shake. You know, they're obviously going to do a shakeup again, but like maybe they're planning on sending Braun to SmackDown once the shakeup happens or something like that, and they want to have another monster in the wings, basically. But but I do wonder like where he's going to fit in with everything, like where they use him. Even you know, I'm. I, I, I could see him being like on the intercontinental level, you know, for, to start, you know, like. But it's yeah, I'm I'm very much interested because even though he is a big dude, he's not a tall dude. No, no, he's just like a overpowering looking mm-hmm. dude. Like he's a he's a he's monster. very thick. Yeah, he's very th- <laughs> he's very he's, thick. A, he's a rhino. <laughs> he's a little taller than rhino though. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of actually rhino, um, rhino's in one of these next segments here. He's in the. Uh, the catering All segment. Right, well, I'm glad we're going to talk about this because I'm not a big fan of this whole okay. thing. So uh, Drake Mavericks in catering. Uh, Kazim, who works WWE, which is cool seeing him have a li- line on Raw, mm-hmm. uh, makes fun of Drake Maverick. Well, and if, then everyone starts making fun case, of Drake Maverick. In case all our viewers at home didn't catch this, which I'll be shocked if you didn't. Um, Drake Maverick during the tag team title I mean not tag team title I'm sorry the Smackdown versus Raw championship tag team championship match um, with uh, the bar versus the authors of pain Big Show grabs Drake Maverick by the neck while they're on the apron and Drake after a little bit of fidgeting on his belt but which we all know was was the P gimmick um, he pisses himself because we're supposed to think that Big Show scares Drake Maverick so much that he pees himself and um, they made that – and to, as your point, they made that a continuing thing where um, they're in catering the, the rosters is making light yeah. of Drake Maverick peeing himself. Yes. That's when we got side of – you know, if you got, if you got any of the peas and all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, you but, you on, didn't like it? Bob, first off, Bobby Roode's joke was terrible. Which I'm, was his? I'm, I'm glad you're in bladder spirits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like that's not even clever, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I'm not a fan of the P thing because I've been I was a, when they were in NXT I was a huge Authors of Pain fan yeah I thought they were great yeah 
I thought they were exactly what we needed in the tag team division, and I was excited for when they called up because it was the first real tag team that I thought they were going to take seriously. That they weren't going to just put on like main event or like or so like this, these guys are going to come through and like demolish everybody, but they didn't. And then they get, I mean, then they put him with Drake Maverick, which I didn't really understand at first. I mean, I'm not, a, I mean, Drake Maverick can talk. He's a great mouthpiece, but he doesn't really fit the aesthetic of AOP. And no. he still doesn't to this day. Well, he's not intimidating. He's not. And to me now, AOP, to me before, AOP was having a really hard time being taken seriously on the main roster. And now they have the titles now, but now that's not what people are thinking of right mm-hmm. now. I mean, the crowd was chanting AOPP during the match, yes. during their match later in the show. And to me, even though it wasn't them doing it, unless unless they change up the whole formula completely, they get rid of Drake, they change up their look, I, where do they come back from that? I, it's, I, I get that it's not one of them who peed on themselves, Yes, but it's similar to like... But none of them are talking. No, so, so, but I was gonna say it's similar to like when John Cena, I think it was John Cena, who called out Neville for having like elf ears or whatever, yes. and then it was like, well, he's fucked now. Like everyone sees Neville as a giant elf, and and he was he was kind of fucked after that point. Thank God Cesaro is a great performer, and he's able to escape the nipple thing. Totally, God, I forgot about that. Yeah, like, that could have been terrible. God, I forgot about that. You're right. Like that could have followed him for the rest of his career. That nipple thing. Yes, and so I think that you know. While, honestly, this segment and the next one should just show what Vince thinks of Vince McMahon thinks of, of of tag team wrestling. I mean, the fact that he has to saddle authors of pain with this P stuff and has revival in the next segment lose to Lucha House Party with no uh, offense whatsoever, pretty much. It's just like. Shows that he doesn't care about one of them is good tag teams. One of the teams isn't even on TV. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Where are they? Like I I, like those milk cartons. Like where is the club? Like we like where have they been? You know, they 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 were in the tag team Survivor Series thing too. But that's the first time we've seen them in fucking forever, forever. And they got a good reaction. I heard they got a pretty good solid. Like people wanted them. I don't know why they're not being used more. It's 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 insane to me. But just it's just another thing. It's like this is what Vince thinks of tag teams, and it's like, you know, I, I, I well, they're I, not going to care about just them by themselves. We got to throw P in there. Yeah, I, I, and that is crazy to me because they, they are a really good tag team, and you know that that conversation happened. You know, so yeah. I, although at the same time, like, it doesn't bother me as much as it bothered you. Because I get they need to have storylines, and it's not the authors of pain peen. But at the same time, yes, th- there are such better options that would help everyone As long out as more. Drake Maverick is with them, they're going to be the author, the AOPP. AOPP forever, yeah. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, that sucks. You're right. Yeah, they're, they're going to be bo- It bothers me because I loved, like I said, I loved the authors of pain because I saw – Potentially, what could I didn't think they were going to revolutionize the tag team industry, but I did think they were going to maybe spark some life back in it again, make some unstoppable force that like an up and coming tag team would have to topple to get the belts back. I could honestly, and I hate to say this, but I could see them getting split up in a superstar shakeup and them each being pushed as singles guys on different brands. Oh no, I don't know that. It's just me talking. This that is would me be, guessing. Oh my god, that'd be terrible. But One like you know, Vince just hates. Vince just hates tag teams. He does, and they I are don't... big, tough dudes. And I mean, it, it, I, I forget who it was said. I think it was Dash Wilder, 
who tweeted like an old match of theirs and uh, it was like, yeah, it was a two year anniversary of, of their takeover and, match with and, DIY. Yeah, and and he said tag team wrestling can be fun and it can. And it can. I mean, there was a reason why, like, there weren't weren't there like three separate takeovers where like a tag team was the main event. Well, y- uh, yeah, well, I believe so, but definitely where they got five star matches. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, all those DIY revival authors of pain matches were great. Like, yeah. all those were great. So yeah, it makes no sense. Um, okay, m- shifting topics here. Then we had uh, the Ronda Rousey promo. And thankfully, L.A. was much oh, nicer to her geez, here. Jeez, thank God. I, I mean, mean, there were boos initially. I, I, I there assume. were boos. I assume. Um, but not to the same level as they were the night Such before. Such vitriol and yeah. bile. No, in, not in as much of that anymore. And so she comes out. Says how she was there to show what a true champion is. A true champion doesn't pick and choose the most opportune time to fight. She said that's a challenger's luxury, which is silly because they won't allow Becky Lynch to wrestle. So that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, and then she issues an open challenge. Baron Corbin comes out. Place goes crazy, hoping that it's going to be Baron Corbin who's answering which, the challenge. if you really have been paying attention in class, you know that's not going to happen. <laughs> Uh, then Mickey James accepts they have a match. She beats Mickey James. Um, pretty basic stuff here, but I think like um, you know we talked about the boo stuff pretty heavily already. Um, so so I mean, right? Not really much to say here. No, I mean, I mean, good promo, good promo, good squash. You know, I did feel like my older sister was yelling at me a little bit during. She's starting to feel like an angry older sister. Where you're you like, tweeted hey. that, but I didn't really get. No, that. you didn't get that vibe at all. No. She's just like, I'm actually really angry. I'm actually really happy with how far Rhonda's come on the microphone in such a short time. I really am. She. One thing I I will give her credit for last night above all was, and this is something that I know can't be easy, is walking out there and Roman used to do this a lot. Uh, and Cena too, because they're the only people who really get like such mixed reactions like that. Is she did come out and do what they do and just kind of like stood there and, and took what, it in, yeah, and let them do it and just like just kept her same confident demeanor and just let everyone spew Which, whatever they wanted. You know, if you know what you know about Ronda Rousey, probably took a lot because totally. she is a sensitive girl. Yeah, things affect her. Yeah, totally. And that's not that's not a knock on her. No, that's gotta be hard. I would yeah. think that'd be difficult. Especially in the your hometown where you thought all your friends would be there, you know, like like it's that'd be rough. It's gotta, I, yeah, oh yeah. I would be a little. I would have a chip on my shoulder going out in the same See, crowd. If I was walking out at the pond where I was like from, like Orange County, and like I walked out and everyone just booed me, I'd be so sad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like this is the one place I thought that I would get like a homecoming, <laughs> and it was it, it did fine, and you know it's a the timing. If they want people to get back on the Ronda Rousey train, the timing's perfect because now she's going up against Nia Jax, who's public enemy number one in terms of the fans right now. And the reason why a lot of other people, when whether it be Brie Bella or it be Seth Rollins or it be – or even Samoa Joe with Tyson Kidd to an extent, whenever somebody injures somebody else, they're usually by and large apologetic – not apologetic, but saying like, you know, I'm sorry. And the other guy is usually like, you know, I'm, the, I understand these things happen. But this is the first time really we've seen Nia Jax go like, yeah, I knocked that bitch out. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, like she comes on and does this every time, you know. And oh, that heat was nuclear at Survivor Series when she walked out. I've We were talking earlier about how um, L.A. is typically, typically pretty quiet. Mm-hmm. That was – 
the most I've ever heard someone booed in a long time, in a very long time. And if they want people to side with Ronda again, this is a great way to do it. Yeah, no, you're right in that regard. Because they're got, people want Ronda to, Ronda, Ronda to fuck her up. I've been trying to figure out like where they go the next few months without asking, like just just guessing, with obviously, Ronda? in my head. With the women in general. Rhonda, Charlotte, Becky. Unless they pull the Ember Moon trigger, which it doesn't seem like they no, are. Not, not any <laughs> time soon. I just look at it and I go, well, okay. Well, they Based on this week, I feel like we're still going to get Charlotte versus Rhonda rematch at Mania. at Mania. Which means we'll probably get Becky versus Nia and Mania, right? Think, I mean, I think we get, like, what's the next throwaway one? Like, we don't think we get, like, Becky, I mean, Ronda and Tamina at some point? Maybe. It's another but, big obstacle she has well, to overcome. We, we've only, let's see, WWE, I mean, not, I, I mean, schedule 2018. Because there's only, like, let's see, uh, let's see, let's see, 2018. So we just had Survivor Series. Then it's TLC, which is in Dece- it was December 16th, then Royal Rumble in January, and WrestleMania in April. So, obviously, there's other stuff in between. But, but um, I, I feel like I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to get Four Horsewomen versus Four Horsewomen at, at Royal Rumble. Just because they're go- it seems like they're going in that direction. But you think those other three would get called up that quickly? Well, Shayna's ready. I mean, it's not like Shayna's not ready. No, but I the other see, two are nowhere near ready. Eh, you don't, we, don't, we don't know that. We don't know how long they've been training But they for. wouldn't get called up. I don't think it's necessarily like a permanent call-up, so to speak. Um, but I could see them being like, these are our three women from NXT. Like, I could see Ronda, if they go the heel route, having to call her, her friends in NXT for backup. No. And then they go like, okay, well now the backup has arrived. The if four horsewomen have to a, Avenger style if, reunite. If the other two were more prominent and had bigger names, maybe. But I just see like to a, a wider audience, like Ronda calling them up and be like, who are these people? Who are these people? Mm-hmm. You know, like Shayna, one thing to a lesser extent, but especially her other friends. Like I, I mean, if you were in the crowd. For the Shayna Baszler Kyrie Sane match, I mean, the, the only reason I knew that who they were is because I assumed because <laughs> okay. they were in fucking street clothes. Okay. You know, like they didn't like. I, I, I was like, because I, I, I was like, okay, I don't know who these girls are. I've never seen them before. They seem to be helping Sh- uh, Shayna Baszler. I'm assuming these are the two that just got called up. I mean, that just got signed. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I am interested to see where the where, where things go. Towards WrestleMania. Um, okay, so Ronda beats Mickey. Uh, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable beat the Authors of Pain to further the like, what the fuck is happening in here with the Authors of PP? Um, and, <laughs> and whatever's going on with Bobby and Chad Gable. Who knows? Uh, okay, so then we got Natalia versus Ruby Riot. Solid match. I don't think they didn't like it, kind of seemed like it was just to end. What yeah. they've been doing, with which the is whole surprising glasses. that they like, actually carried a storyline from the beginning, middle of the end. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, props to them for actually ending that whole thing. Um, and they kind of had to since they injected the anvil stuff. They kind of had to end that, or else would have been dick. I'm sorry, even though they love hanging out and they like being friends, they need to split up Absolution. You I think? mean, not as, or the Riot Squad. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. You think? I think they're great as a team. I don't know, but they've uh, they've done enough. I don't know what more they could do. Win that much yet? They could win. I but the thing is, 
the reason why I, when I talk th- when I talk stables, I always go to the new day because let's be honest, they're the only ones that are really doing it consecutively right right now. And I think time will tell in terms of stables that they will go down as one of the best ever. Oh yeah, because in terms of their longevity and their merchandise, yeah, I think they'd rival the Legion of Doom. To be honest with you. In terms of longevity and merchandise, if, I mean, still time will tell. In terms of like, well, like, you don't consider Legion of Doom a stable or a tag team. Do you consider New Day a tag team or a stable? I, I guess you could kind of even because you know, I guess no, because it's a stable because there's three of them. Yeah, but anyway, that's uh, like the most nitpicky wrestling thing I've yeah. ever said. Back, to I mean, you could also, <laughs> I, then I could throw in the argument that they had that one random LOD member in Japan. <laughs> Or Paul Ellering, too, yeah. is like there. And then you can throw in the dummy if you really want. <laughs> but, um. God, I forgot. Yeah, they did have a third Legion of Doom member. You're right. Yeah. And Draws and yeah. Heidenreich. <laughs> is Legion of Doom a stable? I mean, are the Road Warriors technically considered a stable because of I all think that? so because they added a third member a few times. I never you know? really thought about it, but I mean. There is more than two guys who have been part of the Legion of Doom and Road Warriors. I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you, I mean, what's the name again? Like Power or something? Who the the Japanese uh, Legion of Doom member who he's like green shoulder pads? Uh, he's a famous wrestler. I forget his name off the top of my head, but I'm not great with anyway, Japanese. But wrestling. going back to my original point, I it's just that they need to, they they need to, they don't have any sense of unity and and other than the terms of that they're friends. Yes. I don't but like, and I don't. I, I mean, in WWE, you're able to run with somebody and be fr- and like be their friend and have tag team match- matches with them without being in a stable with them. Yes, and I think that <clears throat> I think the stable's kind of hurting. Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. It's Kensuke. It's Kensuke Sasaki. But what was his? Is, he had what was his Legion of Doom name? Um, it was Power something. They were the Hell Warriors and uh, Animal Warrior. Animal was built as Animal Warrior. Hawk was Hell Warrior. Uh, Hawk and they were just the Road Warriors. I don't know. I'm terrible with. I I wasn't watching this. So I don't know. Well, I mean, neither was I. But I. Kensuke Road. Warriors, nothing interesting for someone to listen to, but um, with power, something. What is it? Power. I'll find Power it. Warrior. Power there you Warrior. Go. That's there you it. Go. Yeah, Power Warrior. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I just don't think that there's anything really uniting them. I don't. I just think that they were a great, like, they were a great debut team. They were a great way to debut them and show people who they are. Yeah, but don't you feel like they get a little lost in the shuffle like Mandy and Sonya Deville have, kind of? I could see that. But at the same time. Because I do worry that if they were to break up. Ruby would get all the love, and Sarah and and Liv wouldn't be used. You don't much. think Liv? I mean, I I think Liv. Mm. I think Liv is the few, is, is going to be one that's like around for a long time, and she's going to be uh, so people remember for a long time. I think she's going to be the one that's there the longest of the group, all that kind of stuff. But that's me personally. But uh, I I just think that right I just now think she's so young, she could use the the the. the, the being tagged with Ruby, who does have more experience. I could see that, but I just see more and more less and less activity from Sarah Logan and Liv and Liv Morgan. They and, do need to use them more. And I feel like you're 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 forgetting who they are, and who they are is interesting. Like I think if you really let Sarah Logan be that 
that Viking, that, that Viking like like Southern girl. Like it's just like like I agree with you too. Like even though it wasn't even a promo. Or I, I go back to this move because when I first saw it, I was like, this says everything you need to know about Sarah Logan is when she did that pop up head, headbutt thing where it sounds like the chin clicks when they hit. Like that says all you need to know about her mm-hmm. is that like she uses her head. She has a really thick skull. She like it doesn't phase her. You know, like that's that's a big part of her character. But they're not. I, I, I also think, think with, you've seen that. I sense. also think with Liv. That, her, she's that extremely her, marketable. She's so marketable with the young crowd. So like marketable. she's so hip that it'd be like people would love that. So she and I even kill her heel. I even told her once. I was like, "You figured out a way for fans to be able to uh, to interact with you without buying a thirty dollars t shirt." Yeah, it's true. They go get, get a, 20, a blue tongue. Get twenty five yeah. cents John Rancher candy. Totally, totally. Um, okay, and then I think last. I mean, there wasn't much else to the end of the show. It was Ambrose. Cuts the promo. Well, What's Ambrose smell? was playing hide and seek with Seth throughout the entire show, and then he finally reveals himself. Comes in the ring. Uh, Rollins comes running out. They that go- was so awkward, by the way, when they cut to Seth on TV and Dean. I guess they wanted Dean to acknowledge it, but to like still could finish the promo. Yes. So he's like, "Where are you going, Seth?" Uh, well, anyway, what I was talking about, I gotta fill time before he gets here. Um, <laughs> and, and, was, like, and wouldn't he have, like, if he was scared of him, wouldn't he have left when he saw him coming? Instantly. I was, I thought the exact same thing. He didn't even get phased by it. And then also when Seth comes running, he didn't like, he like did this funny thing in the ring where he was like, Running in place, waiting for Seth to come into the ring, and then he just got tackled, and it looked so silly. It was almost like my favorite recent clip of when Braun realizes that when he's chasing after Baron Corbin that he he sprinted a little too fast. So he yeah, yeah. he kind of had to hit the brakes a little bit. It was very much like that. That yeah. was my favorite thing ever when I saw that. That was such a good. That was so funny. Oh my god! Because he literally like. Oh. <laughs> he looked like a grown version of that, like you know that gif of that baby when it like walks into a room. And he's like not supposed to be, and he goes, Ooh. <laughs> "Have you seen that one?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks yeah. just like a grown version of that with <laughs> totally, a beard. Totally. Um, but I, I mean, okay. So the, the final angle did it, uh, you know, to get you excited for for this continuing on of this feud. They're really trying to go for what they had with Austin with the outside extracurricular shit, and I don't think it's. It, it's getting repetitive because it's a little although although there was a lot of like running around and, and nonsense going on during the show and i at the end of the day it was the same ending as last week yeah that's how i felt that's how i felt about it it was the same not nothing new was learned nothing other than dean talking about nothing for I mean, not to say it was a bad promo. It no, wasn't. but it was very anticlimactic ending. Yeah. And I didn't really think there was like much to – like considering it was a running thread throughout the show, I didn't feel like it really was like, that great of a payoff. My favorite part of the whole segment though was that random security guard who just told Seth, you better get out of my <laughs> – That better, was the best. I was like, you better get out of my face. Hey, I don't know, but you better <laughs> – that was oh man, I didn't write that down. That was, I don't know, but you better get out of my face. That was one of the highlights of the show. If, you, if that had been a real security guard, you'd be like, you're not helpful. <laughs> you're not helpful at all. <laughs> Did you notice that the other one was Baines? Yes, of course. I love they that. use Baines a lot. Yeah, he, they love using Baines. They use him a lot, and I enjoy it. Yeah, me too. Every time he's back there, I had no idea who the the other security guard me was either. though. Me either. I thought I, every time they come to LA, I always think I'll recognize somebody. Yeah, I recognize a lot of the extras. Like I, I recognize Eric Watts. 
Delilah Dune. They, they, Doom, they used like Ray and uh, and and Peter Avalon with the with uh, the Bludgeon Brothers, yeah. which was really fun. They used uh, I I don't know if you saw this. Um, if you got there early enough for Takeover, did you, say you, did you see that they used Fidel Bravo in one of the dark matches at Takeover? I didn't. No, against Keith Lee. No, I got there right as Riddle was walking. Yeah, out. me too. And I was like, man, good for Fidel Bravo. Like, yeah. nice SoCal love for that guy. All right, we gotta get out of here. Um, we've gone a little longer because we had to do all that. Uh, Weekend talk at the top. Jamie, where can people find you at? You can find me on Instagram at J-A-M-I-E-I-O-V-I-N-E or on Twitter at J-A-M-I-E underscore I-O-V-I-N-E or on the Championship Wrestling from Hollywood on the United on the United Network. Um, as you know, I represent my client Royce Isaacs, the current TV champion and heritage champion of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. You could catch us. We do TV tapings every uh, every two weeks, and uh, come by, watch some fun, and catch us be you know great. Also, um, if you haven't already, sign up for the network, the new shopping network that we that we developed. It's up and running. We've had already some great drops with people like the Wu Tang clan um phase clan uh fortnite stuff um we had one with um jonathan chebin i don't even know how to pronounce his last name i'm sorry you guys had one with him on there yeah the cooking <laughs> yeah, one know, which, yeah. yeah cooking one and um, we're doing drops every week so i'm, I'm as a, uh, instead of this one because of the holiday uh thanksgiving holiday and uh, we're back up and running right afterwards and um it's fun we just we got a lot of dope stuff in the pipeline that i can't announce just yet but we will very soon and you know i hope everybody just has a great thanksgiving I also hope everyone has a thing. great Thanksgiving. Um, and I can proudly say that I worked TMZ for seven years, and I also don't know how to say that guy's name. So I'm real proud of that fact. I don't know how to say it, and I don't care. But no, <laughs> neither do I. No. It wasn't my choice of a show. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, if you're listening to the audio, go check out the YouTube channel that we've got. YouTube.com slash C slash Wrestling Sheet. That's where all the – that's where all the video recaps go. That's where Wrestling Sheet Radio goes every week. Uh, I put up a video of Enzo being kicked out of Staples Center there this weekend. Um, go check out the channel. Subscribe, like, share, comment, all that kind of stuff. It helps out a lot. Uh, and if you're watching via YouTube, please go subscribe to the podcast feed as well. Podcast One, Wrestling Sheet Radio is the feed. Uh, that's where all the shows go if you just want to listen while you're driving and you don't want to see our beautiful faces while doing so. Um, and also make sure you check out the site, wrestling sheet, prowrestlingsheet.com, at wrestling sheet on all social media as well okay that's it we're done officially tapping out for now until next time stay out of the dirt and keep your eye on the sheet napa know-how this month napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. When was the last time you thought about your batteries? I mean, that's what they do, right? Stay unnoticed, unseen, shoved in a battery compartment, and click, your stuff works. But you're going to be thinking about this one. Duracell Optimum, the battery that can make your devices work even better than Copper Top. Toothbrushes, faster. Screwdrivers, faster. RC cars, yeah. An upgrade without upgrading. So just this one time, do you and your devices a favor and upgrade to the power of Duracell Optimum. 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.